0: And now to the view from another critically important centre, Beirut, with Kim Guttas, a journalist and contributing writer for the Atlantic Journal. What might unfold on Israel's northern border with Lebanon? A very important question, as it will show whether the heavily armed militant group Hezbollah will join the fighting on the side of Hamas, which Ehud Yari was talking about. That would really change things. Kim Guttas, thank you for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me, Geraldine.
0: What's the view from your perspective there on these recent events? I know there'll be a range of them, but is there a a dominant narrative emerging, would you say, or not?
1: Well, people in Lebanon are bracing for the possibility that their country could be dragged into this conflict. Uh, We've been here before, uh, sadly, in 2006, and somewhat... Somewhat similar circumstances, but obviously the horror that we've seen unfold um, in Israel with the massacre of of civilians, the the slaughter that we saw, um, is unlike anything we've seen before. But the reason why I'm referring to 2006 is because at the time, war erupted as well between Israel and Hamas after Hamas had kidnapped an Israeli soldier, Mm. and to, in a way, assist um, Hamas... Uh, We had, in Lebanon, uh, Hezbollah kidnapped three Israeli soldiers on the border between Lebanon and Israel. Later, the Secretary General of Hezbollah admitted that he had miscalculated, because what ensued was a terrible 35-day war between Hezbollah and and Israel, which caused huge devastation. Uh, In Lebanon, 1,200 civilian casualties, and really zero result. (laughs) If uh, or, or military result, if Israel's hope was to eliminate Hezbollah at the time, it, it didn't work. Uh, I'm I'm not judging who, who should do what, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying if this was their aim, it didn't work. And Hezbollah could claim victory because they were still standing on top of the rubble of their neighborhoods. But fast forward to this year, there is concern that what is happening in Gaza uh, and what happened in Israel Uh, could lead to a conflagration on the border between Lebanon and Israel. And we've seen rockets fired from Lebanon into northern Israel in what seems to be so far a choreographed, rather violent, dance between Hezbollah and the Israelis, where the rules of the game are still understood. But these are volatile times. There is a sense of a desire of uh, show strength by Israel Israelis want uh, not only revenge but establish their deterrent power again. So it's very tense. Uh, overnight, the Iranian foreign minister uh, landed in Beirut uh, to come and you know visit his allies, Hezbollah, but also Hamas and the Islamic Jihad, the two Palestinian organisations.
0: Yes, what the militant wing of, of Hamas has gotten uh, uh, is also in Lebanon, not not just the political wing. Both. Both are here.
1: And um, they have uh, the Islamic Jihad has launched rockets from southern Lebanon into into northern Israel. I I don't really make a difference between militant and political wings. I mean, these are titles, but, you know, this is a militant organization.
0: Um. What signs would you want to see to confirm in your own mind that um, Hezbollah was going to join in? I I
1: don't want to see any signs to confirm. Mm. (laughs) You know, sitting here in Beirut, I'd rather not see any signs to confirm they're about to go to war. Uh, But what we're looking for, uh, what we're watching closely, is this very delicate choreographed dance. Uh, Today, we're going to see in Beirut how people are going to respond to Hamas's call for a show of solidarity with Palestinians and with, and with Gaza. There is a call for worldwide support for the Palestinians, or, you know, it's a call issued by Hamas. So we'll have to see whether this call is going to be answered in force or whether it will be uh, mostly symbolic or mostly answered by the base, because Hezbollah can mobilize. I mean, they can easily mobilize 100,000 people, if not more. But what about outside of Hezbollah's neighborhoods? What about outside of uh, Lebanon? What, 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 what is going to happen in, in, in Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, in Egypt, uh, in, in other countries? That's really going to be the test. You know, are Hamas on their own? Or do they mass, can they mass mobilize? And what's
0: your instinct tell you about reaction to this call?
1: Uh, Geraldine, it's it's hard to say because on the one hand, uh, Hezbollah knows how to mobilize the masses. They have a strong base in Lebanon. And so it really depends on how people feel about the potential for, for war in their own country. I think that's what it boils down to.
0: But what about the, uh, the images uh, that they saw last weekend? Do you think that's changed? You know, Do you think that's changed any fixed attitudes or not? Those images don't change
1: fixed attitudes uh, in the core popular support base of of Hezbollah because their answer to those images is, well, you know, the Israelis do that to Palestinians all all year long, every day. They expel them from their homes. They burn their olive groves. They slap around young kids and take underage boys away from their mothers and put them in jail. Uh, you know, that's, I'm explaining to you the answer that you will get from the core support base of Hezbollah. And so, you know, we have, unfortunately, a, a long history of, of violence and and, and and massacres that have taken place by both sides mm-hmm. across these, this conflict. And we must remember that the Palestinians are the occupied and the Israelis the occupier, and it behooves them to uphold international Law And it behooves the international community to call for restraint, because what we're seeing now in this desire to reestablish deterrence and take revenge is the possibility of massive humanitarian crisis in Gaza with a call for one million people in Gaza to move down south, further south into the Gaza Strip. I'm not sure what the strategic goal is of that, but it will inflict tremendous human suffering. And you're hearing Israelis rise up against that, saying, you know, not not in our name. So we're at a very delicate moment where either we are facing a 9-11 turning point, after which the United States went down the revenge road and carried out wars and invasions, and 20 years later, doesn't have much to show for it. Or we're in a Yom Kippur situation, 1973, exactly 50 years ago, where war creates an opening for potential peace talks. You know, after the Yom Yom Kippur Mm. War, Mm. you had eventually peace between Egypt and and Israel. So it's a very delicate moment where we could see regional conflagration because uh, unlike previous Uh, Times, the key element here is what Iran is going to do and whether this is going to become a regional war involving Iran.
0: Now, can I just interrupt you? Because you wrote an article for the Financial Times this week in which you called on all parties to this conflict to, quote, heed the warnings of 1982. Uh, Now, I wonder if you could just just summarise and distill what it is that you're uh, getting at there.
1: Well, in 1982, the then uh, Israeli defense minister, Ariel Sharon, wanted to eliminate the Palestinian Liberation Organization from Lebanon. It was operating here, uh, and its armed groups, uh, Fatah and others, were launching rocket attacks and, and carrying out other types of attacks against Israel from Lebanon. And with a wink and a nod from the Secretary of State, Alexander Haig, Ariel Sharon pushed his troops not only for a cleanup operation in southern Lebanon, but all the way to Beirut, laid siege to the city for two months at great cost to the human, to the um, civilian population. It led to the massacre, the horrific massacre in the Palestinian camp of Sabra and Shatila, carried out by Israel's Christian militias. And In a tactical, from a tactical perspective, the operation was successful because the PLO indeed had to leave Lebanon and they departed on on ships and boats and and left for for Tunisia. But the larger uh, goals, the strategic goals, the geopolitical goals of that invasion were a total failure. In fact, it created the total opposite result. Ariel Sharon thought that he could create a new Middle East. We're hearing that today from Benjamin Netanyahu. He thought he could not just eliminate the PLO, but bring Lebanon to the table for a peace agreement with a friendly government in Beirut. And he saw that by pounding Syria's army, which was positioned as well in Lebanon, he could bring Syria to its knees and then also to the table. Uh, instead, what did we get? We got the arrival Two days after the Israeli invasion of Lebanon, we got the arrival of Iranian Revolutionary Guards into Syria and then making their way into Lebanon. And that was Iran's entry into the Levant, and they've never left since. It led to the creation of Hezbollah, and Syria not only recovered from the military losses, but came back stronger as one of the main spoilers of America's agenda in Lebanon and in the region— And we had the crystallization of what we now call the axis of resistance with Damascus and and Tehran leading this agenda of pushing back against America in Lebanon and in the Middle East. And it led to terrible results. It led to attacks against the Marines in Beirut. It led to the hostage crisis in Lebanon with Americans being taken hostage. And so the warning is to the U.S. to heed that the lessons from that period, and to think carefully, which road do you want to go down to? And what are the actions taken in haste going to to lead us to? And are we going to live with the consequences for the next 20 years? Or is there the possibility of an opening here towards peace talks at some point? I know it's very hard for Israelis to even consider that today, although some are speaking about it.
0: Kim, you just sketch the incredibly wicked dilemmas that, that exist at the moment. Thank you. I very much appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: Thanks for, thanks for having me on the show.
0: Kim Guttis, G-H-A-T-T-A-S. Uh, her book is Black Wave and uh, listeners have suggested look at Foreign Correspondent from Thursday. It's now an iview about the West Bank. Really helpful right now. Think bigger about the world we live in